This is episode number 10 with Greg Hurlene. Welcome to American Snippets, your source for inspirational, motivational, and selfless stories and interviews from exceptional people across the nation. And now, here's your host, Barb Allen and Dave Brown. Hey, Dave Brown here, co-founder of American Snippets. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. We are really excited to have our guest on today's show. Uh, Greg was introduced to us through my good friend and mentor, Kent Clothier. We were really impressed with uh, Greg and his business and how he was helping people take back control of their financial futures. So we thought it'd be uh, really valuable to have him on the show today for our listeners, our followers, and our audience. Uh, Greg is a highly sought-after speaker on the topics of estate planning, capital development, and investment through the use of self-directed IRAs. Uh, He is the son of an Air Force officer, is the author of two books, and has managed over a billion dollars in real estate investments. So listen in to today's episode of American Snippets and hear more about Greg Herlin and how he is helping people take control of their financial futures while never forgetting the importance of giving back to others. Best of all, at the very end of this show, he has made an incredibly gracious offer to our military families and our listeners So be sure to stay tuned for that, take advantage of it, and without further ado, here is Barb Allen with Greg Hurling. Hi, and thank you for joining us for another episode of American Snippets. We absolutely love sharing stories of people who find success in their lives by helping people find success in their own lives. Our guest today is another shining example of this. Greg Herlin is president of Horizon Trust, among other things. And I'll stutter over this because he has quite an impressive biography, which we're going to dig into. He is the president of Horizon Trust. He's got a bunch of other business initiatives. I found you self-direct, Flip Bank Live, Equisource Hotel Fund. He's a soccer coach. He's a father of four. He's a two-time author, and he is a professional speaker among other things. Did I get all that right, Greg? Uh, it sounds overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> yes, is that, all, that is all accurate, but yes. Good. Thank you very much for joining us here today. I know that you're super busy, so we appreciate you taking the time out. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Barb. Okay. So like I said, you have quite an impressive biography. The word Titan appears on your web- website. And at first I was like, who is Titan? But you know, after reading it, I said, this is actually a pretty accurate word to describe this guy, I think. So let's start off with telling people more about what it is you do. Your Pick any of your business ventures. I think Horizon Trust looked to me like your largest, but I could be wrong. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what it is you do? Sure. Yeah. I, mean, I, I really have two main companies. And so um, uh, they, they both focus primarily in the um, money side, the finance side. Um, and it's, it's something one in particular helps people take control of the retirement funds. So what does that mean really? Right? There's 80 million IRAs in the United States. And frankly, only like 2 or 3% of people with IRAs actually pay attention to the money. They don't know what it's invested in. They don't know what kind of rate of returns. They're, you know, they're paying these absorbent fees, these financial advisors, just to understand what they're investing in. So I have a company that actually helps people take their retirement funds and invest in things that they're passionate about, things that they can appreciate. That's one company. That's Horizon Trust. 
We, that's a company that we don't make any direction. We don't tell you where to invest. We just show you that there's ways that you can invest your retirement monies and things that you want. The other company is more of a, a banking kind of company. It's, it's a company that um, was started 20 years ago um, that I, I partnered with about seven years ago. And it is a company that focuses on teaching people how to create solid, consistent, conservative rate of returns, typically beating the stock market. Something that you can plan on up front. Again, the stock market goes up and down. You don't know what you can expect every single year, every single month. And so this is a this is actually a company which actually helps people get a fixed rate of return. Clients are making seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven percent fixed, but they know the rate of return up front rather than hoping to get some kind of fixed rate of return down the road. They know what they're getting into up front. It's it's tied to real estate. Um, people understand real estate. I understand real estate way more than I do the financial markets. And so it's just something I've become passionate about. And so it's really those two companies. People that are looking to create passive, secure rate of returns, living off of their principal or the interest off their principal, or showing people how to invest in things that they're passionate about. Okay. So you started, and correct me if I get any of this wrong, but sure. you started, uh, so you graduated college and you went back to visit your parents, your site says, right? So your dad was a, a Air Force officer? Yeah, my dad was in the Air Force. And so we grew up moving everywhere. I mean, I lived in probably 10 places uh, by the time I was 14. And then actually, he retired. And he still moved around a lot um, after 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 he retired. And so, um, but yeah, so, so I actually went to college. And uh, after two years of college, I came to visit my parents who moved to Las Vegas. And um, uh, in doing so, it was warm. I always lived in cold places, right, in the Air Force, it seemed like. And so, um, I came back for three or four days and, uh, I actually dropped out of college. Um, I ended up finishing years later, about five years later because I had kids and I was like teaching them about education. And I was like, and I was also a, a Sunday school teacher at my church and I was teaching these youth about the importance of education. And I was like, dang it, I haven't got my, I didn't finish my degree. So now I gotta go back and finish it. So I remember going back, finishing my degree only for the purpose to say, Hey, you know, education is important, but I did leave Las Vegas real quick. I'll tell you, I left, I mean, I left uh, school and came to Las Vegas and uh, visit my parents and they had, my mom had a date planned for me. And so I went on this date with this girl lunch date It was the middle of the week. It was like a Wednesday. And after lunch, for some weird reason, she wanted to like show off probably and take me by her parents' house. I don't know why, but I know it sounds aggressive because, you know, first date, go to her parents' house to see it. But yeah, we did a little weird. And we, and we drive by her parent into her parents' driveway. And I'll never forget, her dad was in the driveway, just like you see on TV. First of all, Wednesday, 2 o'clock. Never saw my dad until it was like Saturday, maybe, right? He worked very, very long hours and hard days. It was a Wednesday at 2 o'clock, and he was at home in his driveway cleaning his boat in front of his big house. And I was like, whatever he's doing, I want to go figure it out because that's, that's how I want to live. I just saw that life. I didn't go back to school. Never went another day with this girl. I talked to her dad and I was like, I'm going to, I want to work for you. I'll do it for free. I want to, I want to just learn. And he said, sure. And so that's actually how I started my career. So the girl was okay with the fact that you didn't go out again. You just hung out with her dad. <laughs> Pretty much. She figured out real quick that I wanted to learn from him. And so I wasn't too interested in, in the dating side. That is yeah. actually pretty hysterical. Um, yeah. So... I mean, how was that then? That was a pretty big decision to make, like right there, sort of on the spot. I'm going to leave school. You had to feel something pretty strong, like some sort of hardcore knowledge somehow, it, like even within yourself, like some kind of leap, something that gave you the, you know, the courage to sort of make that leap of fate. Or was it maybe you're just young and invincible and you just did it? You know, I, 
I, at the time, I think one might say I was young and invincible, but I look now back over my career, I've never doubted my ability to do anything I've decided to do. Even now where I don't, I can make mistakes and I have financially, I'm okay to, I would be fine. I still, I, I never doubt anything I do. Sure. I've made mistakes. Sure. I've lost money, but I never doubt that I'd have success at whatever it is I was going to do. And so school just seemed like I was going to keep going and I was going to end up with a degree, which then didn't really give me anything. I mean, it gave me a piece of paper, but then I have to start from scratch as well and right. figure it out. And I always, I just wanted that lifestyle that, um, that I saw. And so I was like, whatever he's doing, this could be the best school I could get. Um, school of hard knocks, you know, having a mentor like that. And so that's what I did. And so, so for me, it was just, it was, it was, I think more of because of how I grew up, um, bless my, you know, my parents were great. You know, there was four of us siblings. We moved around a lot, but they didn't have money. We never, we never bought soft drinks, never bought appetizers. Remember that we never did. Wow. And so for me, it was like, I wanted a different lifestyle than what my parents had. Nothing wrong with what they have, but I wanted something different. So for me, it was seeing that and being motivated, like, I'm going to go freaking do it. And so I just jumped in with both feet, didn't, didn't second guess it. And a year later, I was already married and, 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 and a wife was, was pregnant. And so, you know, I, was, I jumped right into life very quickly, starting a business, getting married. She was making $12 an hour and kind of helping pay the bills for, you know, until she had the baby. I just had to figure it out. And, so, and I did, fortunately. And, and that's just kind of how I've, I've lived my life uh, ever since. And, and, and I had a big service background as far as I understood. My mom was big into service and giving back. And so I was always around that. So for me, bringing it kind of full, full circle, I've always in my life understood the importance of giving. The more you can give of your time and energy – Whatever it is that you can give, it comes back um, tenfold. And there's been time in my life where I was more greedy, right? There's times where like, man, I got to make X amount of dollars. But once I could actually relax and focus on others and giving back, um, you know, money came back quicker. I'd make more money. That is a a good point. So you didn't have a real estate license at that time, though. You just went and... I, you... I never had one and still don't have one. <laughs> but you started a real estate company? I started, um, oh, actually, I partnered with a gentleman who started a real estate mortgage brokerage. Oh, okay. And so, so I, I flipped 450 homes, fixed and flipped, without a real estate license. Now, it doesn't mean uh, it's not needed. I just had someone else that had a license. Right. And so okay. I didn't want to, to go, I didn't want to stop for a second to go get a license. I wanted to focus on finding homes, fixing them, and flipping them. So I did that for about five years and we, we flipped almost 500 homes. Um, and so that's In where five I... five years, you flipped 500 homes? What's that? You flipped almost 500 homes Yeah, it was actually years? 460 something homes. Yeah, that we is flipped. quite a busy five years. Yeah, it was, it was really busy, but it took like a team and a partnership okay. and I couldn't do all of it by any means, but I got really good at finding the money for the homes. Um, and so I just found other people on my team that were good at finding the properties or, or and someone else that's better at rehab. And then a good realtor, you kind of just bring in people along the way, you know, take advantage of you or hurt you. And then you mm-hmm. kind of get rid of them and get someone else in. And so over, over that time and experience, you know, I, I put together a really good team. And so then I thought, I, you know, be since I was so good at houses, I thought I was, you know, a genius. Um, I thought I would then go flip hotels. And uh, so I bought 11 hotels and sold eight hotels and still own three, but it was not a good idea, by the way, I'd go back and the houses still are the bread and butter. They're simple. They're easy to handle. If there's a problem, you can fix it easy. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, 
that's kind of how I got into the, the, I didn't have my real estate license. I still don't. I always had somebody who did on my team. So. Right. So that's an evolving process as your um, business plan grew. And as your company grew, you realized who you could count on, who you couldn't, and you have to be willing to make those decisions, right? Sometimes do those people always agree with those decisions or did you have to kind of say, no, really, this is the right decision that you are not right for our team. You know, was there ever conflict that you remember? <laughs> Oh, yeah. difficult there's, to make those there decisions? There are so many conflicts along the way. Look, I've been doing it long enough, 17 right. years now, that um, <clears throat> there's conflicts. And, and so, and you know, some people get selfish. And, and, and look, I, I, I'm old enough now and experienced enough now that there's been times that I was as well too selfish or too caught up in um, maybe life itself. And, and, and uh, so, but but everyone goes through that in their in their lifetime and in, in their careers. And so, yeah, so that's when you just nicely let them, let them know it doesn't work out or they kind of figure it out on their own and they take off on their off own. Off they go. Okay. So let's backtrack just a quick second because not everybody out there has the business mind frame or even knows maybe what an IRA account is, let alone a self-directed IRA. Can you take just a quick minute and explain that? Yeah, this part is, in my opinion, I've, I've spoken to tens of thousands, well, more than that, hundreds of thousands of people now at this point on the subject. IRAs, when I mention the word IRA, half of the audience yes. shuts off because they're like, this is such a boring subject. I will tell you now, it is the sexiest thing out there. If you can understand how exciting and what options you have with your IRA, it will truly change people's lives. And that's why I'm so passionate about it is I've taken such a boring subject and not only made it, in my opinion, exciting, but I've also made millions of dollars using what the IRS has approved for us to use. So answering your question, an IRA, a traditional IRA is what most individuals have with Fidelity or Charles Schwab or all the typical traditional financial institutions out there. You put in money, either Roth or traditional or 401k, and, and obviously there's tax benefits for that. And then, then uh, you avoid paying taxes as it, uh, until you're 59 and a half and take out your money. Well, a self-directed IRA is an IRA which the IRS has approved in which you can move all or a portion of your funds. So, Barb, let's say you have a, a pension or an old 401k or an IRA, wherever it's at right now. And let's say it's at Fidelity. Well, you got a financial advisor there. He's investing in stocks and mutual right. funds and bonds, whatever the case is. You don't really know. But you're paying them every year to do it. I have a company, Horizon Trust Company, that's a licensed trust company that's regulated by the banking division. And... It allows individuals to actually move all or a portion of your funds. So in your example, Barb, let's say you said you had a $100,000 IRA. You can move $50,000 or all of it, let's say $50,000 to Horizon Trust. You can do that. And when you do that, you don't pay any taxes. Now you have two IRAs. But your money at Horizon Trust is now allows you to invest in almost anything you want. Unlike Fidelity, they have a list of options. A self-directed IRA, you can not only invest in traditional market securities like stocks and mutual funds, but you can also invest in real estate, mortgage notes, a business. I can't tell you how many businesses I've started using my IRA or I've helped other individuals start do a startup company with my IRA. You can never do that anywhere else. So right. I love that because I now am able to invest my money in something that I understand and I can control. And so there's so many individuals out there that don't know what's going on with their money. My mom, so I'm going to go a little tangent real quick. Um, my mom, I growing up would collect her IRA statement, my dad's IRA statement. And I remember she would look at the statement and she'd look at just the bottom and then she'd file it away. She only looked if it went up or down. She didn't know what it was invested in. So what Horizon Trust Company does is we focus on teaching people to invest in what they know and they're passionate about. 
there's only a few things you can't invest in, like your own home, your vacation properties, um, and insurance policies, antiques, and stuff like that. But otherwise, everything else is fair game. So our company actually holds the hand of our clients, individuals, helps them move over their money in a way that keeps it tax deferred and lets you invest in whatever you choose to invest in. And we, our job as a trust company is just to um, uh, report to the IRS any contributions or distributions you make to your IRA. So does that make sense? Yes, it does. For you? So that could be a little... I could actually get more excited if I told you the things people invest in, but I've had people invest in cattle farms, ice skating rinks, um, obviously real estate, gold, all... I mean, you can invest in almost anything. So yeah. So explain a little bit then too for... um for people when you use your funds from your IRA to invest in a business and then that business, that investment makes a profit, that profit has to go back into the IRA. That's correct. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's good and bad, I guess. If you want to use the money today, it's not very exciting, but if you're looking for something else to grow your IRA account in a way that you can see and control better, it could be great. So yeah, you, you invest it. Let's say that Barb, I invest in your company. And my IRA lends or, or lends you money, or maybe you give me 10% of your company and I give you $100,000, let's say. Right. Well, when you give me a distribution check every month or quarter or year, that distribution check goes actually back into my IRA. So I do not pay taxes on it, which right. is an awesome thing. If you, let's say, for example, I, for for $10,000, I invest in your company and get 10%, but you're giving me $5,000 a year in profits. That's a 50% annual rate of return, and I'm not paying taxes on it. So it can be a really great tax saving strategy for people who are looking to avoid paying taxes on their gains. Right. So what would you say then to somebody who comes to you and says, Oh, Greg, you know, I'd love to start this, but I can't, I can't afford to leave my money tied up in IRA. Now I need to pay my bills. Um, do you hear that often? Is that sort of a line? Not very often. Um, but I, I know what people are thinking that. So I say, Hey, look, if you need to receive money today on certain things, invest, in certain businesses or opportunities with your non-IRA money. That will give you the cash to pay your bills today. On other businesses, other opportunities, invest your IRA money in that. And obviously that you can't touch, but it'll be tax deferred. So you can do both. Like you can do one home flip inside an IRA, the other home flip, you do it outside your IRA. And you just take take those proceeds from the non-IRA house. And what could you, what advice could you offer the person who maybe is retiring now from the workforce, but maybe they don't have a pension plan. And there's a lot of people out there now who are working you know, minimum wage or whatnot just to get their kids through school and on their own. And then they're, they're out of work for, for whatever reason of their own. They leave that workforce. They're surviving maybe on social security, or maybe they're working now still even a minimum wage job, but they've never, you know, they're say fifties, the fifties and getting on work to the point where people are looking to retire, but they're not in a position to retire. Would you say to them that it is possible for them to still create a position for themselves to have an IRA at this? And- I would say if you're younger than you know 65 or younger, you, you still can open up an IRA and make contributions to it. I would, I would more importantly say because people that are close to retirement typically do have money saved away in some kind of pension or IRA or old 401k. To those individuals, I'm of better service. I would say, be you know, look at your options. For example, at CapSource, the company I mentioned that we that we're the mortgage broker, our clients make on average between eight and ten percent per year in their money, fixed, fixed rate returns. Monthly checks go to their IRA account or to them individually through their IRA. 
I mention this because a lot of a lot of people that are going to retire do have maybe they don't have a million dollars like they hoped. Maybe they only have a hundred thousand or fifty thousand dollars. Well, I tell those individuals you don't want to outlive your retirement. So it's so important that they make a fixed rate return. Making eight or nine percent on a fixed on a fixed level is way better than an up and down when you go to retire in the stock market and you take out your capital and end up five years from now having nothing in your retirement account because you spent it all. The goal should be once you go to retire, having something, having at least a portion, if not all of your money, in a place where it's fixed, it's more secure, it's consistent, you can count on it, and you're not depleting all of your principal. You're living off of your interest instead. My grandfather uh, invested with me four years ago, and uh, but it was it was almost a little too late. I didn't know how you know he had $150,000 in IRA account, made it all the way down to $15,000. He was living off of it. I didn't know that. He invested $15,000 in me four years ago. He gets a check every month for $120 a month. doesn't sound like a lot to you, but to my grandfather, it's, who's only living off of Social Security, sure. he's getting $1,600 a month for Social Security and $120 from me a month. His $15,000 today, I'm sorry, his $15,000 from four years ago is still $15,000 today. Right. And he's getting $120. He's living off his interest. It's powerful because if he, he hadn't been, if he had been still just taking it out of his uh, stock account, he'd be down to zero. Be gone. Right. So that extra hundred dollars, believe it or not, for him is a big difference. Nope, that's exactly so- what I was talking about. That's exactly the scenario. Maybe I was talking about. I meet people uh, all the time who, uh, you know, through my other work, I work um, as a veteran specialist. I counsel people on benefits and all this, and I see people all the time who are looking for that pension, even just the veterans' pension, which is such a low amount of money. So a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars a month actually makes a difference for them on whether they can eat their apartment or eat, you know, that uh, month. It's, so it's so true. I mean, I would love to help him financially, but he wouldn't take it. He's, he's a you know proud grandfather. He's like, I got it. And so sure. look, it's, it's, a, it, that's, that is, you know, for your audience that, that are listening to this, that are close to retirement or in the retirement age, you need, and it's important, you don't outlive your retirement funds. And so you need to stop the bleeding, investing something that's more consistent, safe. Um, and, and, and you can, you know, making eight or 9% return is going to outperform the market nine times out of 10. And so that's what I would say. We have about 4,000 clients that all are getting monthly checks every single month from, from our, our lending company cap source, uh, that live off their interest. And so I take pride that my investors can learn the passive strategy so they can actually go out and give more of their time, of their money, of their energy. And so, so it's, it's important to us, you know, monthly checks are a big deal. They are a big deal. So um, a big community that we we reach is the veteran and the military community. And uh, a large portion of these people are, are younger and they have maybe come back from one or more, often more tours in combat zones. They come back and they find themselves having to recreate their lives. Maybe they have a degree. Maybe they don't have a degree. Maybe they can't get a job in the marketplace. A lot of them um, struggle to adjust back into society. But they will, they will oftentimes have some form of income, whether it's modest or whether they get a separation pay for medical uh, purposes or not, or medical reasons or not. What would your advice be to somebody who maybe is looking to reinvent themselves at that point in stage? Um, just in terms of if they're looking at it saying, I could never do this with only, with only this amount of income, you know, is it possible for them to maybe work a job and make, you know, just enough to support themselves and just set aside a little. It doesn't have to be a large sum of money at once, right? They can 
maybe wait, you know, save up for even five years or so and have enough in an IRA to invest, like you said, in real estate to become a partial investor or whatnot. I mean, that's possible, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the advice I give is two things. One, if you already have some retirement funds, you should check you know check out these options that are available to you that the IRS has approved where you can actually get safe returns that I talked about. But number two, what I'd say is um, it's absolutely possible because I did it. I did it at 22 where I had zero credit, no money, no family or friends with money. And sure, maybe I didn't have as much to lose then, right? Because I didn't have I wasn't I was barely getting married and having a kid. But I still feel like I had everything to lose. And so if I were to do it all over again, I would do it very, you know, almost the same way. I would tell someone, if you want to go out and reinvent yourself, and let's say you want to go and be, you know, Barb, right? They want to be you. They want to like, you know, change lives and and make money doing it. Uh, And they don't know where to start. My recommendation is go find that person or that industry that you want to be in and go do what I did. Follow them, be willing to do and work for free for a period of time and show them your worth because so many doors will open. I guarantee you, if someone came to me or to you probably, Barb, and said, look, Barb, I want to help you. Whatever it is, don't pay me. Just I want to learn. We're going to, I'm going to say yes. Come on in. (laughs) And if if it doesn't work out or if they come in, they're like, you know what? Gosh, it's way harder than you make it look. I don't want to do this anymore. At least you got a good lesson in six months. Like I don't want to spend the next 10 years doing it. So that would be my recommendation. Go find someone doing what you think you want to be doing and and don't take no for an answer. Go find somebody and ask and ask and and do it for almost free. Try it for a little while. You will learn so much. And and more importantly, you'll probably end up with a great opportunity with that individual. Good. Uh, Let's talk a little bit now. I know you're involved with some venues you have found to give back, some charitable venues. Uh, one of your biggest outlets, I think, is the Nevada Childhood Cancer Foundation. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that, what that is, and how you got involved with that, and why you got involved with it? Sure, yeah. Nevada Childhood Cancer Foundation is close to me. I mean, obviously, when I have four kids, uh, kids is kind of like, that's, that's it's I like, you know, emotional if anything ever happens to kids. I just, maybe it's apparent to me, but... I also wanted to find something that I felt like I could make a difference and actually feel and see a difference. There's so many big charities out there that I feel like, you know, I, I don't, I can put all my time and energy and money into it and I don't feel like I'm making a dent. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but for me, I wanted something more hands on. And so Nevada Childhood Cancer is specific here in Nevada um, that uh, helps children uh, and their families that are going through cancer in their lives. And so, uh, in particular, when a child gets cancer, obviously everything changes for them uh, in their household. Um, and and insurance doesn't cover everything. A lot of times, the one of the breadwinners um, has to stay home now with that child. Uh, and then, can you, and then just imagine, I'll get emotional thinking about it. But it's it's the, the siblings that that are also at home um, that are really dealing with cancer as well. Um, and so. Nevada Childhood Cancer is a place where people um, and families can come where they can get support financially, um, food support, um, all kinds of therapy, um, medical support, uh, as well as a lot of fun support. They actually do something that's called Camp Cartwheel. Cartwheel. And it's a, a time where actually every summer, um, all the children that have either kids that, that can, that have, that have some kind of diagnosis of cancer, um, and their siblings can go to camp for a week. Oh, that's great. And the, parent, the parents aren't allowed to be there. 
Perfect. Um, and it's, 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 a, and there's lots of doctors on hand, um, but they're out there for a week and they look forward to it because it's a time that it, there's people that understand what they're going through and it's a fun camp and there's, there's water and water fights and dancing and all kinds of, this is a camp for them. And so a lot of the money that we spend every year gather is actually to help the, that for that, that event that happens in the summer. So, but there's events throughout the year that help um, raise awareness and money for these families, individuals. So it's been, uh, it's, you know, it's humbling to be involved with. I feel like I, I really still don't do near enough that I should. Um, but, uh, just a great charity and, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it touches anyone's heart. So. Well, I can tell you having been on the receiving end of similar things, my have, I lost my husband in Iraq. I had four small children. They were six, five, three, and one when he died. And we wow. have been impacted by, uh, people like you who who do the same thing sounds like they do a lot of what you do, but in the military world in the military community so um i 'll just take this opportunity to tell you I know as somebody who has been touched by so many people who maybe think they don 't make a difference, just your presence there when somebody 's going through such a terrible time and they see just that friendly face in the crowd, they see somebody taking their time to help their children um it does make a difference, so file that. File that little nugget away and carry that one with you. I agree. Um, I agree. But speaking of your family, I saw a picture of you on your website. I have to tell you, my favorite picture, my favorite thing about your family picture. I love that your daughter is rocking the bare feet. That just to me, <laughs> that just shows. I'm like, this girl is cool, and this is like a genuine family because you know you didn't, um, you know, there's no pretense involved. And that yeah. I have a, so that, that I thought was cool, but, uh, how do your kids, I saw the little, uh, almost like the endorsements they gave on your website, which was pretty adorable too. So do they, do they ask you a lot of questions or do you say IRA and do they go like, good night, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny when people ask them what their dad does for a living. Cause I think they struggle with that a little bit, but they would definitely say real estate and money. That's about what they say. And so, uh, um, no, they, you know, IRAs, uh, no, I don't, I, that we haven't talked too, I mean, we've talked about it, but they do bore at IRAs. I focus on what an IRA can do. They like, you know, talking about like my one son, he's 14 now. He, he now buys different things. He, well, he also takes old Lululemon clothes and, and sells them on, has used Lululemon on Craigslist, or I think, not good. Yeah. Craigslist. And so I love that he's already kind of entrepreneur thing. Right. I didn't ask him to do it. I just love that, you know, so, so, you know, they, they see it, you know, and, and someone told me a long time ago, I always thought every, we always hear it's about quality, quality and not quantity. And, and a, a friend told me once, and, and I actually believe it in general, I agree quality over quantity, but he said, when it comes to your kids, it's about quantity, not quality. Um, and I, and I was like, well, explain. He's like, it's about how much time you spend with them. Even if you, and I don't recommend it being on your phone, but even if you are, but if in the presence of your kids, if it's doing nothing, if it's just around while you're preparing the meals or, but, but uh, I would say, you know, they hear, they see what's going on. They know, you know, just the love and the interaction. And so I've really tried to focus on quantity. Um, even though I, I do feel like we have a lot of quality, I, you know, what my, my job has allowed me to, um, I, you know, I'm doing bigger things than I ever dreamed I'd be doing at this time in my life. And so, so it, it, it's about quantity, but, um, it's been fun. So I don't know if I answered your question or not too, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah, you did in a roundabout way, but I get it. Maybe that's because I have kids and I see, and now my kids are teenagers. So even when I'm home, 
Um, they're not necessarily next to me. Like they, you know, they're not baking brownies with me all the time. Or sometimes they are when they're hungry, but you know, they'll be on, you know, upstairs or whatever doing the thing, but they'll come down and see me hanging out, doing my thing and stop by and chat with me for five minutes. And when you have a 17 year old come by and chat with you for five minutes, that's like a home run in, in, in it. Yeah. But if I wasn't there, just around and among them, that wouldn't happen. So I absolutely understand what you're saying and what it means. On a side note, I'm going to send you a story. Uh, we just did a story on this little girl named Mia. She is a cancer survivor. She's nine years old. And she just started her own organization where she raised enough money to deliver Easter baskets to the pediatric ward at the hospital she awesome. she was from. So uh, I'm going to send you that story too as well. I don't I just thought of that going around about. So back to you. You have, uh, you have two books out. Correct. You have Flip Bank Live and Bank on This. Yeah. So, which is your favorite book? Um, (laughs) Just pick uh, Flip Flip Bank Live. I like the best because it's it's simple. It's it's uh, it's a question and answer book. So it's it's the top questions I've received when I've traveled all over the country and people ask me about real estate. So the questions over here, simple. The answers over here. My partner and I wrote the book, and so um, and and the first section is about flipping how to find a home, how to flip a home, like the top questions. The next question is about uh, banking, the side that I, that's mostly I talk about, like how money works and where to find it and just what the terms are, all the money questions that I get. The last section, living, is about giving back, you know, about giving back and what your why is. And so questions and answers on that as well. And so uh, that's, that's kind of what's happened for me. I first was a flipper. Now I'm more of a banker. Uh, and now I'm able to spend more time giving back and, and living. So, so that, that's it. Bank on this is a great, I mean, it's my first book and, uh, it was, it's, uh, it's, it's also a good book. It tells my story. A lot of my stories of failures and successes in there and what to watch out for. So either, either of those books or both of them would anyone that's in the real estate world or wants to be in the real estate world would save them literally probably five or 10 years as far as the learning curve goes. Cause there's so much good information. In them. So, good. but I'm not a great writer. But for the record, and my kids said that in the back of my book. I had they said your like, penmanship was bad. Yeah, yeah, my, not yeah, but not only is my pen, penmanship bad, but also my grammar is not great either. So as long as you can deal with that, yeah, you'd think that I had you know a great person to kind of review it. Sure, that happened, but there's still things missed. It's just uh, if you know me, it's just I'm not great at um, at writing and uh, at grammar too well. So well, well, you get the point across though. I'm assuming in the book, I, right? you know, if, if you wait for a perfect book, it never goes out. Nope, that's what I've been told. So like, just get it out and share it with the world and then take the bits and pieces that you like from it. Nope. I wrote two books too. I know the work involved. Um, yeah. So a, a lot of the same theory goes along, along with that. So I just want to thank you for taking your time again to be with us today. It was super interesting speaking with you. And I know I learned a lot even just from preparing to speak with you. Uh, I am definitely going to send out your story to our community. I know a lot of other uh, you know, military widows like myself who are faced with reinventing their life and providing for themselves. And I know for a fact that this information would have come in very handy for me 11 years ago, even 10 years ago after I lost my husband. But uh, even now for these newer widows, um, it will certainly help them. And maybe that's something that you didn't even realize, but that is a whole other area of people that this story is going to reach out to and help um, make their future a little less scary when they know that they're, they can actually provide for themselves and take care of their children. So I want to give you a big thank you for that as well. Well, thanks. Well, hey, Barbara, I want to say one thing as well. What 
if, and you didn't ask me to do this, but like, you know, if there's anyone that ends up contacting me or you through however they find us, <laughs> um, um, through a website, I, I would love to anyone that if they say your name, they say Barb or American snippets, um, if they decide they want to actually look at the IRA stuff, I will waive all of their setup and all their annual fees in the first year. So that's, we'll walk you through it, hold your hand through it. Um, but you got to say Barb or American snippets and, and then I will make sure I note it with my, my team, but we will waive all your first year fees, which are way less than what you're probably paying anyways, but I'll waive them. And, and, and just because of who you are and what you do and what your audience is. So anyways, that's, that's a gift I like to give to anyone listening. So that is insanely cool. Thank you so much. No um, that, <laughs> That actually gets me. I'm trying to hold it together here a little bit. So thank you very much. And that will make a huge difference. I will certainly spread, spread that word. That's, that's cool. Thank you. No problem. Thanks, Barb. Appreciate it. So if anybody wants to know more about you, then go to your website, gregherlin.com. Yep. Gregherlin.com. Yep. Is there any other website you'd like me to send them to? They can go to horizontrust.com. That's our IRA website, horizontrust.com and learn more there as well. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Barb. You have a good one. All right. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. That wraps up this show. Don't forget to see the featured article and video on Greg Hurling at americansnippets.com forward slash zero ten. If you want to take Greg up on his very generous offer of having all fees waived for a self-directed IRA setup, be sure to visit gregherling.com. That's Greg H-E-R-L-E-A-N. Dot com and mention American Snippets. You can also visit horizontrust.com for more information on his self-directed IRA service. Again, that wraps up today's episode. If you haven't left a review yet, please do so. Um, it's how people find us and it's how we get discovered in iTunes. So we would really appreciate it if you could leave a review. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at American Snippets. We are living defending and promoting the American dream. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. We'll see you next time.